or you'd like to hear previous shows, you can find them on FAIR's website, www.fair.org. The show is engineered by Kelly Spivey at Mercer Media. With me is Steve Rendell. I'm Janine Jackson. Thank you for listening to Counterspin. Chocolates, would I know to stay away? Oh, I said, hand off his box, the box of chocolates. Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe, that means I have half a mind to stay. Hi, this is Mike. It's Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Normally it's a show about food. Sometimes it's a show about animals that become food and food that is very becoming for animals and animals that escape being food and culture and recipes and all that kind of thing. But okay, so I've got the New York Times website open here. It says, reports, Michael Jackson is dead. L.A. Times reports Jackson is dead. 6.24 p.m., the newspaper cited city and law enforcement sources. CBS News is also broadcasting a special report saying Mr. Jackson has died. This and going back 10 minutes before reports, Jackson is in a coma. Several news organizations, including the Los Angeles Times, reported that Mr. Jackson is in a coma. The newspaper attributed the news to one law enforcement source. CNN is also citing multiple sources as saying that Mr. Jackson is in a coma. Then going back to 6.11 p.m., Jackson hospitalized Los Angeles. An unconscious Michael Jackson was rushed to UCLA Medical Center on Thursday afternoon by paramedics who performed CPR, according to the Los Angeles Fire Department. And a lot of the reports until now have been from TMZ, which is a gossipy uh, news source and not necessarily to be rely on, so I hear. So I hear. But uh, here it is. L.A. Times reports Jackson is dead, citing city and law enforcement sources. So, okay, why am I going on about this? Here's, well, I don't know. I don't know, really. But this is a show about food, and I thought to myself about two hours ago, I'm going to do a show about chickens because it's kind of my fallback when I don't really have a show prepared. So I'm going to do a show about chickens and about chickens in science and culture and that sort of thing. Um but it's just a surreal kind of a day, I'd say. You know, a couple of thunderstorms blast through Ann Arbor in about an hour, and and then and reports that Michael Jackson has died. It's all very strange. He's he would be fifty years old, uh, but he was a lot younger when he did this recording. So let's just hit play and see what happens. <laughs>
That's the Jackson 5 and How Funky Is Your Chicken? Pressing ahead now. This is a show about chickens. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food, chickens, animals, and animules. Because what else can we do? So, okay, here's the, here's the question you're probably thinking to yourself. Uh, what do I do when I need hydrogen storage? Think poultry. Yes, indeed. But first of all, we'll get to that in a moment. This is actually from CNN. We've been talking about reliable news sources already, and CNN is definitely one of those. We have here chicken and egg debate unscrambled. This goes back to 2006, and so it is verifiable, therefore. It's, it's a printout, so it's verifiable. Egg came first. Egg spurts agree. <laughs> from London, England. It's a question that has baffled scientists, academics, and pub bores. Bub, pub, bore, pub bores through the ages. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Hold on, I have a phone call. Could it be the telephone? Yes, I think. Is that my mother on the phone? Hold on. Listen to this. This is uh, Slim Gaylord. Here we go. Watson, Footy, are you root? In the air, you bound to wiggle. That's the rhythm of the thing. Yeah, yeah, we. But I'm being bound Yeah, 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 I'm being bound I'm being bound about. I'm being bound about. I'm being bound about.
Ouch. That was some ending. Sources claim that to be a language from outer space, but we can't verify that at the moment. That is, in fact, Slim Gaylord and Fried Chicken O'Rudy. That is from an album called The Legendary McVoughty. It was recorded in April 1946 in NBC Studios. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, you know. And before we got that phone call, that's very important because I'm meeting somebody very important to me. So I had to play you that tune. I hope you don't mind. Well, I was reading you whether chicken or egg came first. Here's the story from this CNN based on London scientists, the egg came first. And here's the reason. Put simply, the reason is down to the fact that genetic material does not change during an animal's life. Okay. Therefore, the first bird that evolved into what we would call a chicken, probably in prehistoric times, must have first existed as an embryo inside an egg. Professor John Brookfield, a specialist in evolutionary genetics at the University of Nottingham, told the UK Press Association that the pecking order was clear. <laughs> Ouch. The living organism inside the eggshell would have had the same DNA as the chicken it would develop into, he said. Therefore, the first living thing which we could say unequivocally was a member of the species would be this first egg, he added. So I would conclude that the egg came first. The same conclusion was reached by his fellow experts. Oh, stop! Professor David Papineau of King's College London and poultry farmer Charles Bournes. Mr. Papineau is an expert in the philosophy of science. He agreed that the first chicken came from an egg, and that proves there were chicken eggs before chickens. He told PA people, he told PA people were mistaken. I don't understand this. Oh, he told the Press Association. Yeah, the people were mistaken if they argued that the mutant egg belonged to the non-chicken bird parents. I would argue it is a chicken egg if it has a chicken in it, he said. If a kangaroo laid an egg from which an ostrich hatched, that would surely be an ostrich egg, not a kangaroo egg. I've been just talking about that with a couple of friends. And here's the good news. Bournes is the chairman of the trade body called Great British Chicken. There is a trade body called Great British Chicken. He said he was also firmly in the pro-egg camp. He said eggs were around long before the first chicken arrived. Of course, they may not have been chicken eggs as we see them today, but they were eggs. Uh-huh. So, wait, the debate was organized by Disney to promote the release of the film Chicken Little on DVD. Oh, man. I thought this was scientifical. I've been duped. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. I don't know what I'm going to do. All right, here's some more Slim Gaylor. This ought to clear all that commercial stuff out of our heads. This is going to be good, by the way. Hi, lads. This is Bob V. Discope telling you the things are Mella Rooney, Vout, and Oh, Dig It. And here is a man that can dig it without asking John L. Lewis. I mean Slim Gaylord, that mad savage boy. You're on, Slim. Chicken 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 with some, 
Pedro, my buddy. Okay, there again is uh, our main source for chicken information here. That is Slim Gaylord from his album, The Legendary McVouty, also recorded in the 40s from that album. And that is called Chicken Rhythm, which is, I believe Arwolf has considered that to be our national anthem. Coming up at 7, it's Face the Music with Ed Special sitting in for Arwolf. In the meantime, it's all about chickens. Now, I just got a phone call, actually, that MSNBC is reporting that a family member says that Michael Jackson has died. So we'll see. We'll just keep hearing stuff, trying to figure it out. In the meantime, we're pressing ahead because I was going to do a show about chicken beforehand, and that's what I'm doing now. So the question is this. Need hydrogen storage? Think poultry. This is from Science Now Daily News. Here's a case for which solving an energy problem could could speaking of energy problem here's a case for which solving an energy problem could ease a challenging environmental problem as well. Researchers have discovered that carbonized chicken feathers could provide an inexpensive environmentally friendly way to store hydrogen fuel for future motor vehicles. If the concept is proven and perhaps a bigger if accepted by the automobile industry Will the automobile industry accept chicken feathers? It could go a long way toward helping to to dispose of the 2.7 billion kilograms of chicken feathers generated each year by commercial poultry operations. Fact of the day, commercial poultry operations generate 2.7 billion kilograms of chicken feathers each year. Okay, hydrogen is a leading alternative fuel for vehicles. The byproducts of its combustion are non-polluting, and its source, water, is very abundant. One hitches the amount of energy required to manufacture it, and another is storing enough of it on board to give vehicles a cruising range that approaches that of gasoline or diesel fuel. 
Hydrogen has proven notoriously difficult to store in sufficient quantities without placing it under enormous pressure, something that greatly adds to the weight of a vehicle and adds a serious explosion hazard, which is not good in a vehicle. The best idea so far has been carbon nanotubes, microscopic structures that can pack away large quantities of hydrogen at normal pressure within a relatively small space. But a storage tank made of nanotubes would cost millions of dollars. Now a team at the University of Delaware, Newark, has an unlikely candidate, chicken feathers. It turns out that the feathers, which are made of keratin, which is the same protein in fingernails and beaks, comprise strong hollow tubes. The team had been investigating the feathers' potential for improving the performance of electronic microcircuits, which is how I've been using chicken feathers lately. The air inside the tubes helps to speed electrons along the printed wiring, but the feathers weren't stiff enough to hold the circuit boards together very well. So the team tried a heating technique to strengthen the bonds between the carbon atoms in the keratin. As the team reported today, that is Tuesday, I believe, at the 13th Annual Green Chemistry and Engineering Conference, carbonizing the feathers gave them a strength approaching that of the nanotubes. They could also store up to 1.7% of their weight as hydrogen, about as much as carbon nanotubes could store. Moreover, the feathers cost virtually nothing to produce. They're a nuisance commodity, said some fellow by the last name of Wool, Richard Wool, a chemical engineer. You know, we're all looking for a nuisance commodity, and it's good to know that chicken feathers fit the bill. That's really all that matters right now. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and it all makes perfect sense, perfect, perfect, perfect sense when you think about it. But here's, some, here's, something, uh, here's, uh, here's something else. Yeah. 
silence while I realize that the record has ended. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and coming up pretty soon, we're going to have a chance to face the music with Ed Special. Uh, here, here's something else you should know. Prairie chickens. Prairie chickens. You know, uh, I'm going to have to find some sound effects of prairie chickens pretty soon, but I will mention that uh, prairie chickens once fascinated settlers with in many parts of Missouri with their haunting mating coups and their showy courtship displays. They were also a popular game bird for settlers in the region. Now they're classified as an endangered species in the state, and they've become a symbol of Missouri's vanishing prairie habitat. The prairie chicken is listed as an endangered species in Missouri. It's estimated the state's current prairie chicken population numbers less than 500 birds. Most live on the native prairies scattered across the west and southwest part of the state. The first scientific description of the prairie chicken was written by the famed naturalist Carl Linnaeus in 1758. They were found throughout southwest Missouri and across much of Missouri, which once had an abundance of prairie habitat. It's estimated that 93% of the prairie chicken's original range in Missouri has disappeared. The primary foods of prairie chickens are native plants and insects. The coming of agriculture to the prairie regions has also developed the bird's appetite for waste grains, such as corn, soybeans, and milo. Prairie chickens are strongly barred brown and tan to white, especially on the underparts. The tail is short and square, dark brown in males, barred brown and tan in females. And there we go. Prairie chicken. That's information from the News Leader, a newspaper out of Missouri. I'm not sure the exact source of it, but I do know that chicken spelled sideways is kitchen. And here is Joe Tex switching in the kitchen. Kitchen in the switching, chicken in the kitchen. No, switching in the kitchen. I'm not sure how that happened. Let me just uh, hold on a second. That's that's really funny. Wait, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. No, that's not it either. Really, I'm. You know, rumors that Michael Jackson has died. Weird things are happening with the turntable. This is Pandora's lunchbox. I've been Mike. I just say that when I don't really know what's going on. Let's just try this, shall we? I'm going to talk a little bit away from the microphone and see if I can get something going here. Here we go.
Things are getting dangerous in the kitchen with the chicken switching, switching kitchen chicken. That was Joe Tex and switching in the kitchen on a very strange old record that has Joe Tex and Lou Rawls and some other people who are barely labeled. One of those strange Pickwick-type label things, but I really can't say no to that recording. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike as for as long as I can be that. And we heard a lot of songs about chicken today. We've heard a lot about Michael Jackson, and I don't want to know what else to say. Um, yeah, pretty much run out of ideas. So I think it's time to play one more song that has nothing to do with chicken. Is this going to be it? I think this is going to be I Heard the Voice of a Pork Chop by Jim Jackson, which was introduced to me by R. Wolf. If it's the wrong CD, it's going to be something else entirely, Will be writ- which will be written by the songwriting team of Johnson, Nelson, and Pork Chop, says here. This is from a very strange collection called Good for What Ails You, music of the Medicine Shows, 1926 to 1937. That's where you heard that one earlier. C-H-I-C-K-E-N spells chicken which was by Kirk McGee and Blythe Poteet, who were the kings of pop of their time. Now, we're going to go right now into that very tune, which may or may not be I Heard the Voice of a Pork Chop, and then very soon you will be facing the music. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Be well and listen to the voice of the pork chop. Ah, don't that sound good. It sounds good to me. Oh, it certainly does now. Oh, stow it up, will you, wife? That sound good. I walked and I walked and I walked and I walked. I stopped for the rest of my feet. I'd sit down on an old oak tree. There went fast to sleep. I dreamt by sitting in a swell cafe as hungry as a bear. My stomach's in the telegram to my throat. There's a wreck on the road somewhere. I heard the voice of a pork chop say, Come on, to me and risk. Well, you talk about your stewing beef. I know what's the best. Well, you talk about your chicken, ham and egg, turkey stuffed in dress. But I heard the voice of a pork chop say, come on, don't be in rest. Oh, shit. Ain't that good? Oh, ain't that nice? Ain't it nice to be nice when you can be nice? Oh, yeah. Don't I do this thing? I know I'm doing this. It just suits me. I know it suits you, too. I walked and I walked and I walked and I walked. I stopped for the rest of my feet. I sit down on an old oak tree. Damn, went fast to sleep. I drip, I sit in a swell cafe. Hungry as a bear. My stomach sent a telegram to my throat. There's a wreck on the road somewhere. I heard the voice of a pork chop say, Come on, to me and rest. Well, you talk about your stewing beef. I know what's the best. Well, you talk about your chicken, ham and egg, turkey stuffed in dress. But I heard the voice of a pork chop say, come on, don't be in rest. I heard the voice of a pork chop say, come on, don't be in rest. Well, you talk about your stewing beef. But I know what's the best. Well, you talk about your chicken, ham and egg, turkey stuffed in dress. But I heard the voice of a pork chop say, come on, don't be in rest. Don't I do this? I know I'm doing this yet. Don't I think that thing? It just suits me. I know y'all is tickled to death at it. I heard the voice of a pork chop come under me and rest. Well, you talk about you stewing beans. I know what's the best. Well, you talk about your chicken ham and egg, turkey stuffed in dress. But I heard the voice of a pork chop say, come on, to me and rest. Yeah, I heard the voice of a pork chop say, come on, to me and rest. 
Well, you talk about the old stew and beef. I know what's the best. Well, you talk about the chicken, ham, and egg, turkey stuffed and dressed. But I heard the voice of a pork chop say, come on, tell me and rest. I suppose our youngsters would say cornball or square. And now, CBN Radio brings you 